Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. And and uh, Jeff's got a couple of things, and then we've got some baseball to get to as well. So where should we start with this? Where would you like to start? I don't even want to start with what I was talking about during the break. Yeah, that yeah. Was, thank you. Thank you for not. Geez. Thank you for not. Uh, thanks for not doing that. Um, yeah, Ken, let's go ahead and get to this Rodney Terry audio. So he was on with uh, Rob Dosser in the field, uh, Randolph Childers and – I think Terrence Oglesby, the, they were on the Field of 68 podcast. They've done a whole week's worth of live stuff down in Houston. RT was on there yesterday. And I would encourage you to find this on their Twitter account and listen to the full interview with RT. I think it puts it a little bit better in perspective. But this is kind of the, the quote that's or the soundbite that's got some people up in arms. Uh, and we'll break it down when we're done. You know, Chris is a great coach. And, again, someone I respected for over 20 years in the business. But – but again, Chris didn't put this roster together by himself. We oh, put absolutely this, not. We put absolutely. this roster. Tell him again, RT. Tell him again. Hey, 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 I recruit three starters. Tell him again now. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm not one to pat myself on the back, but you know, heck, we we got in the trenches. No, there you go. Yeah, you gotta do that. Don't disrespect you either now. Don't disrespect you either now. They ain't do that by himself. We put this roster together. I recruit three starters on this roster here, so let's don't get it twisted. But no, you know what? You know, it's a team effort. It's always a team effort. You know, in terms of putting a roster together, I've been at Texas basketball, you know, when we've had the highest of highs. I mean, you could go back to the best five seasons in in, in Texas basketball, and I've been a part of them uh, the entire time. So I know the landscape. I know what it takes to be successful at this university. And, uh, you know, we're going to roll our sleeves up and, and get after it. You know, we're going to try to get the best guys, you know, not only in the, in the state of Texas, but also around the country and, you know, internationally to come in and, and represent the university the right way, both on and off the court. But uh, it'll be a group, you know, it'll be a team effort in terms of putting a really good roster sure. together. But you know, we're here for no other reason to try to win a national championship. Do you do you like the timing of the portal? Like the, the thing that that makes me so. Yeah, so that that's the gist of it. But you know, Craig, I saw some. And granted, look, it's Twitter responses, so you're going to get all kinds of fan bases with all kinds of agendas responding in sure. a Twitter thread. If you listen to the full interview, they were asking, you know, RT about building a roster, and I believe the question was phrased to him, you know, how do you respond to people when they say, oh, well, he did this with Chris Beard's players, or right. he inherited this. If you listen to that, and if you listen to Rodney Terry throughout the year, if you know RT at all, that's not RT being malicious. That's just him in the flow of a conversation. It's not him taking shots or anything of that nature. That that's in, that, On the surface, that's how I took it. Yes. And um, he has said from the outset that it was a communal effort in putting the team together. And it's true because Roddy was the out front guy on the recruiting scene with Ron Holland. He was working it, you know, diligently. But there was, when it was tweeted out, for whatever reason, the word buy got left out. When he said Beard did not put the, Chris didn't put this together himself. Yeah. The, leaving out the word by, I think, was where he didn't put it together by himself. Right. Because they all kind of did it together. Bob Donawald worked it uh, really hard. Mm-hmm. Brandon Chappelle worked it very hard. I mean, they were all working it. And and uh, I think that that's was his point was, because that has come up a lot lately. Folks say, well, he did it with Beard's players. No, they they did it with their players yeah. all together. And I think that's important. That's an important distinction to make. And, and I think... I've said this before. I'll say it again. When Chris Beard was the head coach of Texas, when you would and, and Craig, you, I, I don't. I'm sure you've had this conversation with Chris. If you tried to talk to Chris on the record or off the record about recruiting, mm-hmm. he would tell you 
on or off the record, he'd say, you know what, you, you'd probably be better off asking RT that because he's more involved to it in terms of the day-to-day Absolutely. than I am. Yep. Yep. That's straight from the horse's mouth. Yep, he used to say that. You're exactly right. So I don't, and you know, RT hasn't taken any credit for himself. He could have. He could have made it about himself. He didn't make anything about leading up to the elite eight to, to him getting the job. At no point publicly did he ever make it about himself. And he could have. He could have grandstanded and demanded for the demand sure. of the job and done all kinds of stuff. But he didn't. He made it about the players because it was about the players. It was about their journey and their journey together as a team. And then this group doing it, players, support staff, coaches, everybody included. So I don't know. I just wanted to play that, get it out there. Mm-hmm. Specs text line is open 337-3776 if you want to discuss. But I didn't take that anything as other than if you were having a, a casual conversation with RT, if there was no microphone or no camera on, that's probably how that thing would have sounded. And, and honestly, like – for him, there's got to be some level of yeah. You probably get tired of hearing that at some point. That oh, you did it with Chris Beard's players. You did it with Chris Beard's players. No, for lack of a better term, like these were Texas players. A lot of different people on the staff had hands in getting all these guys to campus. Not only that, uh, while they all had hands on it, Ronnie was the point man on yeah. a lot of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's only fair to point out that part of it as well. And like that, you know, say what you want about RT. That thing could have easily come off the rails in December, and we're not even talking about this team no doing anything close to what it did Yep. if if it wasn't for Rodney Terry's leadership. And, and I think the players would be the first to tell you that. They, they know, have been. I know Timmy Allen has, has, has said that. I know Tyrese Hunter has said that. And by the way, we, we'll talk about Tyrese's decision here in a sec before we get to this David Pierce's audio. But that's... I think that's all it was. I, I think some people just want to blow this up and make it more than what it is, but that's I didn't take it as much more than, and hey, that's just RT within the flow of a conversation, and don't don't make it more than what it was. Right. Uh, no, I agree with you on that. Uh, okay, Tyrese Hunter. Yeah. So he announces that he's going to put his name in the the pool for the NBA draft while maintaining his college eligibility. The key. There's two keys here in this announcement. One. The fact that he's going to maintain his collegiate eligibility, which means he's not going to sign with an agent. And two, he didn't say anything about entering the transfer portal, which, like, if you go back to Courtney, Courtney Ramey last year, Courtney entered the transfer portal. So it's like, okay, if he comes back to college, he's not coming back to Texas. If Tyrese Hunter's coming back to play college basketball for the 23-24 season, it's going to be at Texas. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's going to end up with Tyrese Hunter coming back. And there's there's nothing wrong. Dylan DeSue did this last year. Yep. Andrew Jones did it before and came back. Like we've seen guys go through this draft process and go across the country. We've seen guys do this. Mm-hmm. And Drew Timmy's done this. A lot of different guys have done it. You go to the workouts, you go through these different, you go through the combine, you go through this draft process, and you get open, honest feedback from the NBA on where you are, what you need to work on. It's great for the guys to go through that. And Tyrese has not been through that process yet. So from his standpoint, it's hey. Now I'm going to get open, honest feedback about if I want to play in the league, where do I need to get better? Uh, because I don't think he's going to have a first-round type grade or a high second-round type grade where maybe you can get a two-way contract or anything like that. I do think, and everything I've heard behind the scenes, Craig, I think the staff is expecting Tyrese Hunter to be back for next season. So however you slice it, he's going to go through the draft process, but I think once the dust settles, it's going to be Tyrese Hunter coming back to Texas for another season. But uh, no, nobody should have a problem with him going through the draft process. Right. Right, I, and I wish they had it, you know, in the other sports as well. Get a chance to get real feedback yeah. with still the option to return as long as you don't 
you know, retain professional representation in yeah. terms of a sports agent where you're getting money right up front. Different than the NIL situation. Football's, football's ba- let me say this, basketball is the easiest to do because yep. of the way the season and the draft is structured. For football, it's so tough because the draft deadline bumps right up in a lot of cases with the start of a spring semester. So are you still going to class? Are you trying to go through the draft process? And baseball, the draft happens right at, now. It used to happen during the College World Series. I know a lot of coaches are happy now that it's it's after Omaha. Uh, but, you know, baseball, there's not really a, a draft process, so to say, to go through. And most of the guys that are either you're the draft eligible sophomores or your third year juniors, whatever it is, most of those guys have a pretty good idea of where they stand or what's going to happen anyway. So I think for baseball, there's a little more clarity. Football, it's really muddied. I think basketball gives you the best platform to be able to do that compared to the other two. Agreed uh, with all that. Uh, So the baseball team played uh, Oklahoma State, as we know. Uh, They won on Friday night, 5-3. to I got a couple of home runs. Uh, You know, Jalen Flores was inserted as a DH. Hits a two-run homer. Turns out to be really the margin of difference. Asked David Pierce on Saturday. I said, look, I don't intend this to sound like a backhanded compliment, but how much of a deal like that where Flores hadn't played in a few days and you insert him into the lineup as DH, uh, how much of that is analytics and what you're looking at and righty-lefty matchup and this and that, and how much of it is a hunch? And he said, well, it, it comes down to the staff. They have good conversations about it, meaningful discussion about who would work well in a certain given situation, and it worked out well. Saturday, they ran into a just a white-hot pitcher in Jerron Watts Brown, Long Beach State transfer, who did consider transferring to Texas, and and ended up uh, it came down to Texas Oklahoma State. He transferred to Oklahoma State, and he had eight sparkling innings and got the win. And then uh, and then yesterday is the one that really hurts because the Longhorns certainly they got the three run homer by Garrett Gilmet in the first inning, had a couple of opportunities, but really didn't take full advantage against Brian Hendry. This was a guy Hendry who gave up seven earned runs to Baylor in a Friday night start the prior week. And Oklahoma State came back to win that game 11-9 in 11 innings, and they wind up sweeping Baylor, and Baylor just got swept by Kansas. So Baylor is clearly struggling, and the Longhorns could not take advantage of it. And then the one that really sticks out like a sore thumb is you get to the top of the ninth inning, they get the bases loaded with nobody out. Um, This is one thing that has been – that has popped up from time to time in situations, win or lose – even during the 16-game winning streak, is that the bottom of the order not being able to get you know somebody home? Uh, Jared Thomas struck out, and then Mitchell Daly hits into a six-four-three inning-ending double play. So they didn't leave the bases loaded, but they had the bases loaded with nobody out and got nothing out of it, and and that was difficult. <laughs> and then they get to the bottom of the ninth, and really and truly. David Pierce is kind of in a no-win situation if they don't win. And here's what I mean by this. Charlie Hurley had come in in the seventh and wobbled. Well, he gave up. He gave up the two-run homer in the sixth to uh, cut it to 3-2. But then got out of a thing in the seventh and worked to 1-2-3-8. So now you get to the ninth. Hurley looks like he's doing all right. However, you've got your closer who has, I won't say been lights out. He's not like, you know, facing... The minimum 
but he has done the job. He did it on Tuesday night, even though it got interesting against Texas A&M. He did it the, the prior weekend against Texas Tech. I mean, there, there's, there's been some, some iffy moments, but Zane Morehouse had done the job. He's your closer. So you go to him, and he gets a line shot out for out number one. Then you get a base hit. Then it's a walk. Then it's another walk. And you get a wild pitch against the run home. And this is this gets back to Longhorn Bears uh, text. The ball, and we talked about this, and, and the folks at Oklahoma State had told us that that brick backdrop, that brick wall, and there's not a lot of foul territory behind the plate anyway, a lot of times come, skips right back to the catcher. That's exactly what happened Saturday night. Longhorns had a guy thrown out trying to steal second base on a wild pitch back to the screen and got thrown out because it was a perfect hop back to Chase Atkinson, the catcher, he fires a strike down, uh, and it's a 2-6 caught stealing. It looks like a regular 2-6 caught stealing. The box score went, in fact, it carried him back. Well, when the wild pitch happened yesterday, it didn't hit that. It ricocheted out off the first baseline. Rock Riggio scores the game-tying run, and then, boom, base hit, uh, past the diving Jared Thomas, and they you know, they lose the ball game. Oklahoma State wins 4-3. to three. So after the game uh, – Roger Wallace down on the field visiting with David Pearson in our post-game conversation. As you might imagine, the thoughts about what might have been and did not finish out right for Texas. David, a lot of will remember the bottom of the ninth, but uh, you're up 3 nothing with one out in the first and, and just can't apply uh, any more offensive pressure other than the top of the ninth, and they get out of it unscathed. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating when you get three in the first and we just don't put together any at-bats to create any offense up until top of the ninth, and we're in a great situation. we got bases loaded, nobody out, and we go punch out double play ball. So, you know, when you leave runners in scoring position like that and you don't get it done, you've got to make some adjustments mentally to take care of those kind of things and then go to the ninth and walk two guys and, you know, that's what happens. You just give a good team an opportunity, and they took advantage of it, and we didn't. Yeah, and you, you mixed and matched your bullpen. You, you get three out of LBJ, and and you get right where you want to be with the, the lead in the ninth inning. Guys in the bullpen, Charlie makes uh, one mistake, but it's hard to imagine holding this OSU team down here at home like that. Yeah, he had two strikes on the hitter, and he just had a slider back up on him. Uh, but, you know, you, you, you look at all the different options and the different guys that contributed, and then – you know, it just comes down to the end of not making pitches or not putting offense together in the ninth. And it's unfortunate because we played really well most of the weekend. And when you play good teams, you can't afford to be one or two pitches away or not make a defensive play or whatever the case is. you got to finish the job. And we got to be better at finishing the job. That's all it is to it. I know the sting of this one, but you think about these two weekends to come away uh, four and two in the Big 12 and, and coming home, that still uh, looks pretty good. It does. It just when you have opportunity and, you know, you're in a good spot to win the series here, really creates some momentum and, and helps us in, in kind of the big picture. But, you know, this is a tough league, and we all know it, but – if they had blown us out, it'd be one thing. You just got boat race, but to be in a position to win the game and just not do it was very unfortunate. But our team, uh, they'll scratch back. We've got a tough week coming up. I was going to say, you get the Tuesday with the Air Force and then the condense because of the holiday on Sunday with a, a series at the K-State starting on Thursday. Yeah, uh, the bus ride would have been much shorter had we just held on and won the game, but we got a long bus ride. 
plenty of time to think about your assignments, think about what you did well, um, and then work on the things you didn't well do well. Um, and every weekend, we're trying to get better. We're trying to learn. And this, if this, if you don't learn from these situations, then you're not paying attention. And I, I think we're gonna we're gonna get stronger because of this. But at the same time, it does sting. Um, and again, we can't drop our guard. So we got a long ride home. We got Monday to regroup, and then Tuesday, get ready for four games in four days, five days. You know who else made that long ride home? And I texted a pit a, a photo yesterday to Cameron and to Jeff. And I said, if you see the figure standing over there in the corner, I, I said, Cam will know who this is. Did you did you figure out who it was, Jeff? I did not, no. I couldn't tell. The figure standing over there in the black uh, western hat was none other than the father of our producer, Cameron Parker. Is that <laughs> Mr. Parker was one of the two bus drivers. I couldn't for tell. the Texas little, Longhorn baseball bit, team. It's a little bit grainy. But. And 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 what they did was they had two buses, and one had basically the position players on it and some support staff and things like that. And then the other one had the pitchers and some other support staff on it. And uh, the bus that was driven by Cam's dad had Coach Pierce on it. Mm-hmm. So he said they had some lively conversation. Yeah. yeah, on that. I'm sure my dad was giving Coach Pierce coaching tips the entire <laughs> trip to Stillwater. Uh, and and what time did they roll in? They they got in pretty late, too. By the time we passed them on I-35 between Stillwater and Oklahoma City, but then, of course, Roger and I were going to the airport and waiting on delayed flights, and we end up landing after midnight. But what time did the buses roll back to campus? He said he got back about 1.20 a.m., but that's mm-hmm. after, like, dropping off the team and driving back to the yard. So I'm sure the, the team got in around midnight. Yeah, probably. right around the same time we did. They Back to the ballpark there. And so now they turn it around. they got a 4 o'clock start tomorrow afternoon against the Air Force Academy. So 4 o'clock tomorrow, and you'll hear that on AM 1260 and 101.9 FM tomorrow. And then, of course, turn around right after that, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, against Kansas State. K-State coming off taking two out of three at home against West Virginia. So uh, that'll be next up.